ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with بلوغ المرام كتاب الصلاه صفه الصلاه وعن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا قعد للتشهد وضع يده اليسرى على ركبتيه اليسرى واليمنى على اليمنى وعقد ثلاثا وخمسين وأشار بإصبعه السبابة رواه مسلم وفي رواية وقبض أصابعه كلها وأشار بالتي عقب الإبهام So in this narration of Abdullah ibn Umar رضي الله عنهما He says that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he would sit down for the tashahud when he would sit down for the tashahud then he would place his left hand on his left knee and his right hand on his right knee. When he would sit down for the tashahud, then the left hand on the left knee, the right hand on the right knee, وَعَقَدَ ثَلَاثًا وَخَمْسِينَ And he would make the sign of 53, meaning with the fingers. But that will come now the explanation regarding how this occurs. وَأَشَارَ بِإِسْبَعِهِ سَبَّابًا And he would point with his index finger. رواه مسلم. وفي رواية, and in one narration, قَبَضَ أَصَابِعَهُ كُلَّهَا That he would grasp all of his fingers together and point with the one which is next to the thumb, i.e. the index finger. So هذا الحديث, this particular hadith now, فِيهِ صِفَةُ وَضْعِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم يديه الشريفتين على فخذيه في التشهد الأول والثاني. So in this hadith now it's going to explain how you put your hands on your knees in the tashahud, the first and the second. How you place your hands on the knees in the tashahud. فقد كان صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا جلس للتشهد وضع يده اليمنى على فخذه اليمنى ووضع كفه اليسرى على فخذه اليسرى. So as we mentioned, when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to sit for the tashahud, then he would place his right hand upon the right knee and the left hand upon the left. وَكَانَ يَبْسُطُ أَصَابِعَ يَدَيْهِ الْيُسْرَى عَلَى فَخِذِهِ And he would spread out the fingers of his left hand on his knee. So the left hand is on the left knee when you're sitting down for the tashahud. And the fingers of the left hand are spread out. Your hand is placed on the knee with the fingers spread out. They are pointing outwards, they are laid out. وَكَانَ يَبْسُطُ أَصَابِعَهَا أصابع يديه اليسرى على فخذه موجهة رؤوسها إلى القبلة. 
So the left hand, the fingers would be placed, spread out, laid out on his left knee, facing towards the qibla. Not that the hand was bent this way or to the right or to the left, but the hand was placed with the fingers outstretched, facing towards the Kaaba. أَمَّا الْيُمْنَى As for the right hand, what was the description of how the right hand was? There, there are three different descriptions that are given in the sunnah, which are mentioned in different narrations. The first description is, أَنَّهُ يَقْبِضُ الْأَصَابِعَ الْأَرْبَعَ إِلَّا السَّبَّابَةِ فَإِنَّهُ يَرْفَعُهَا وَيُشِيرُ بِهَا إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ أَمَّا الْأَصَابِعَ الثَّلَاثَةَ الْمُتَوَالِيَةَ الْخِنْصَرُ وَالْبِنْصَرُ وَالْأَوْسَطِ فَإِنَّهُ يَضُمُّهَا وَكَذَلِكَ الْإِبْهَامِ يَضُمُّهُ مَعَهَا So the first description says, that the Prophet ﷺ, he would join together four of the fingers, they would all be joined together, and the index finger would be raised. The four fingers, i.e. the small finger, and the one that is next to the small finger, then the middle finger, and the thumb, those would all be joined together. And the index finger would be up. The index finger would be left up, and the other three fingers and the thumb, they would just be clenched together, joined together. That is one description regarding how the placing of the hand was. The second description, أَنَّهُ يَقْبِضُ الثَّلَاثَةَ الْخِنْصَرُ وَالْبِنْصَرُ وَالْوُسْطَى يَرْفَعُ السَّبَّابَةَ وَيُطْلِقُ الْإِبْهَامَ يَتْرُكُهُ مَفْتُوحًا لَا يَقْبِضُهُ The second description is that the three fingers, the small finger, the middle finger, and the one in between, those three were clenched. The index finger was up again, and the thumb was left out open. The thumb was left out open on the knee, so that's the knee. The thumb is left out open, the index finger is up, and the other three are clenched. That is the second description given. The third description that is given is, أَنَّهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقْبِضُ الْخِنْصَرُ وَالْبِنْصَرُ وَيُحَلِّقَ الْوُسْطَى مَعَ الْإِبْهَامُ وَيَجْعَلُهُمَا كَالْحَلْقَ يَرْفَعُ سَبَّابَتَهُ the third description is that the Prophet ﷺ would clench the little finger and the one next to the little finger. Do they have a name for that? The little finger and the one next to the little finger, those two would be clenched. The index finger would be up and the middle finger and the thumb would come together to form a circle. You touch the middle finger to the thumb, the tip of the middle finger to the tip of the thumb, they come together to form a circle. The index finger is up, and the remaining two small fingers are clenched to the hand. That is the third description given. So you have three descriptions there regarding the right hand. The first description was... 
that the index finger is up. In fact, notice that on all three of the descriptions, the index finger is up. But in the first description, the index finger is up, and all of the other fingers are clenched. The three plus the thumb, all of the others are just clenched together. They are together. In the second description, the index finger is up again. The three fingers, the small and the middle and the one in between them, those three on that side of the hand are clenched together. And the thumb is just left out open by itself. Not clenched next to the hand or the other fingers, out by itself in the open. That is the second description. And the third description, that the index finger is up again. The small finger and the one next to it are clenched. And the middle finger and the thumb, they come together at their ends to form a circle. That is the third description given. فَفِي كُلِّ الْكَيْفِيَّاتِ تَكُونُ السَّبَّابَةِ مَرْفُوعَةِ So in all of those descriptions, you notice that the index finger is raised. In all three of the descriptions, the index finger is always raised. وَإِنَّمَا اِخْتِلَافُ الْكَيْفِيَّاتِ فِيمَا عَدَى السَّبَّابَةِ so the difference in the descriptions has nothing to do with the index finger. The index finger is the same in all of those descriptions. The difference in these descriptions has nothing to do with the index finger. The index finger is the same in all of those descriptions. It is raised. Ilman anna kulla hadhi al-kayfiyat min al-sunnah. Then Sheikh al-Fawzan says. That all of those three descriptions, they are from the sunnah. They are all mentioned in the sunnah. All three of those three descriptions. فَلَوْ أَنَّهُ بَسَطَ أَصَابِعَ يَدِهِ الْيُمْنَى مِثْلَ الْيُسْرَى وَمَدَّهَا فَإِنَّهُ لَا حَرَجَ عَلَيْهِ فِي ذَلِكَ لِأَنَّهُ يَكُونُ تَارِكًا لِلسُنَّةِ وَلَيْسَ تَارِكًا لِوَاجِبِ Let's say for example now somebody... He didn't do any of those descriptions. He put his right hand on his knee just like his left hand, just open. No clenching of any type, just open. Now what is the ruling on his prayer? A person doesn't do any one of those three descriptions. He puts his right hand on his right knee with his fingers just all outstretched, just as he's put his left hand on his left knee. Now what is the ruling on the prayer of that person? He's left a sunnah. Clenching the fingers in that way, the right hand fingers in that way, it is a sunnah act. A person who didn't do it, then he has left a sunnah act of the prayer. But it is not a wajib act of the prayer. So you would not say that he has to repeat that section of the prayer again, or that he needs to repeat the whole of the prayer again, or that he needs to do the prostration of forgetfulness you wouldn't say that. Because this particular action regarding the description of how to place the fingers of the right hand, it is a sunnah part of the prayer that you should do. That does not mean that a person comes along and says, in that case I won't bother. Remember what we said right at the beginning in the very first or second lesson of this chapter. When we started speaking about the description of the prayer. What did we say? That there are two descriptions of the Prophet's prayer. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What were those two descriptions? 
a description which is a description of perfection, and the other type which is which is the acceptable description. There is one type which is acceptable, your prayer is okay. And that is if you do all of the pillars, and you do all of the wajibat, the obligations. Even if you end up missing some of the sunnah acts, your prayer is acceptable. Because you've done the pillars and you've done the wajibat, the obligations. If you miss the sunnah acts, it just means that your prayer, you haven't prayed it in the perfect way that the Prophet ﷺ did. But your prayer is acceptable, it counts. The other description of the Prophet's prayer is the description of perfection. Whereby you follow all of the pillars, all of the obligations, and the third part, the sunnah aspects of the prayer. And that is what a person really should aim and target to do. You want to pray as the Prophet ﷺ prayed. Pray as you have seen me pray. So a person attempts to pray in the exact manner as mentioned in the sunnah in order to pray that prayer in the description of the Prophet ﷺ properly and accurately and precisely. So here a person should implement the sunnah and to place the right hand in that particular mannerism as is mentioned and not leave his fingers just outstretched and open and say well it's only a sunnah it doesn't impact on my prayer. The reality is now, if you want to pray upon that perfect description of the Prophet ﷺ and gain the reward for that, then this is one of the acts that you need to abide by also. ثُمَّ إِنَّ السَّبَّابَ لَا شَكَّ بِأَنَّهَا تَكُونُ مَرْفُوعَةِ فِي كُلِّ الْكَيْفِيَّاتِ لَكِنْ هَلْ يُحَرِّكُهَا أَوْ لَا يُحَرِّكُهَا أَوْ يُحَرِّكُهَا تَارَةً وَيُسْكِنُهَا تَارَةً الْعُلَمَا لَهُمْ أَرْبَعَةُ أَقْوَالٍ So now, the next issue is, we know that in all three of those descriptions, the index finger is always raised. But the question is, when the index finger is raised, is it supposed to be kept still? Or is it supposed to be moved? Or... Are you supposed to move it sometimes and keep it still sometimes? These questions now, the scholars have four different statements regarding them. There are four different opinions of the scholars regarding the issue of what to do with the index finger in terms of moving it, not moving it, moving it sometimes, keeping it still sometimes. As Shaykh Al-Fawzan, he says, فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ Some of the scholars they say, يُحَرِّكُهَا دَائِمًا فِي كُلِّ الْجُلُوسِ One of the opinions of the scholars is that you continuously move it whilst you are in the position of tashahud. As you are in the position of tashahud, then you continuously move the index finger. That is the opinion of one of the, some of the scholars. وَمِنَ الْعُلَمَا مَنْ يَقُولُ يُسَكِّنُهَا فِي كُلِّ الْجُلُوسِ وَلَا يُحَرِّكُهَا Some of the scholars take the opinion that you keep it still. It is up, but it is kept motionless, still, no movement on it. That is the opinion of some of the scholars. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ يُحَرِّكُهَا عِنْدَ الدُّعَاءِ إِشَارَةً إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ Some of the scholars, they say that you move it at the point of dua. 
during the tashahud, when you are making the dua, then at that point you move it. That is the opinion of some of the scholars. And some of them say you move it specifically when you get to the section, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. When you are reciting that part of the tashahud, when you are reciting the part where it is the testimony of tawheed, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammadun Rasulullah. At that section you move it. So some of the scholars, they say that. So you see that there are these different opinions regarding the finger. Does it move continuously? Does it keep still throughout the tashahud? Or is it moved at certain times when you are reading certain parts of the tashahud? They are the various different opinions the scholars have mentioned. From these four opinions, the opinion of a Shaykh Al-Fawzan is, he says, Al-Arjah, Wallahu A'lam, أَنَّهُ يُحَرِّكُهَا عِنْدَ لَفْظِ الْجَلَالَةِ سَوَاءً فِي التَّشَهُدْ أَوْ فِي الدُّعَاءِ إِشَارَةٍ إِلَى التَّوْحِيدِ The shaykh says that what appears to be the correct opinion, and this is what the shaykh mentions from his opinion, the shaykh al-Fawzan, that you move it at the moments when you are reciting or mentioning the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So throughout the tashahud, whether it is in the actual tashahud or in the other parts of the du'as that you read, at the moments where tawheed is mentioned, the name of Allah is mentioned, then at those moments you move the finger. So the shaykh takes that opinion of the scholars who say that it is only moved at certain times during the tashahud. And of course, as we mentioned there, there are these different opinions, and there are strong evidences for several of those opinions, some of the scholars who hold the opinion that it is kept motionless throughout have their evidences based upon the narrations and authenticity of certain narrations. Other scholars who say you move it, again it is based upon those narrations and the sciences of hadith. This particular topic is highlighted and elaborated upon due to those change of narration and the ahadith regarding moving it or not moving it. But in brief now for our purposes, we understand that there are these different opinions from the scholars regarding what to do in terms of the movement of the finger during the tashahud. After that, وعن عبد الله ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال التفت إلينا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله عنه says that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he turned around to us and he said إذا صلى أحدكم فليقل when one of you prays then say التحيات لله والصلوات والطيبات السلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله ثم ليتخير من الدعاء أعجبه إليه فَيَدْعُوا مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ وَلَفْضُ لِلْبُخَارِي In this narration, we have 
the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud where he mentions that the Prophet ﷺ taught them how to read the tashahhud. So in this hadith we have a wording of the tashahhud. And that wording mentioned is a hadith which is agreed upon and this is the wording of Imam al-Bukhari or in al-Bukhari. Where he says, At-tahiyyatu lillahi wa salawatu wa tayyibatu As-salamu alayka ayyuhan nabiyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh As-salamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh That is the wording mentioned in this narration of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Radiyallahu anhu regarding the wording of the tashahud When you recite At-tahiyyatu lillah وَلِلنَّسَاءِ كُنَّا نَقُولُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُفْرَضْ عَلَيْنَا التَّشَهُّدِ وَلِأَحْمَدْ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم علمه التشهد وأمره أن يعلمه للناس In the narration of النَّسَاءِ it says that we used to read this before it became obligatory upon us the tashahud and Ahmed mentions that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he taught them this tashahud and he commanded him to teach others that he taught Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu this wording of the tashahud and he commanded him to teach others. So this hadith now, هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ وَالْأَحَدِيثُ الَّتِي تَلِيهِ تَخْتَصُ بِمَا يُقَالُ فِي التَّشَهُدِ وَالتَّشَهُدْ عَلَى نَوْعَيْنِ So this particular narration and the narrations that come after it or other than it, they are talking now about the tashahud and what you recite, the wording that you recite. Sheikh Al-Fawzan, he says that the tashahud is two types. The tashahud is two types. Tashahud fi wasat salah wa yusamma bit-tashahud al-awwal. There is the tashahud which comes in the middle of the prayer and that is known as the first tashahud. For example, in any prayer that is more than two raka'at, you have two tashahud. For example, in al-Maghrib, you have a tashahud after the second raka'ah, you sit down, and then one at the end of the third raka'ah. In Dhuhr and Asr, for example, you have a tashahud at the end of the second raka'ah, and then one at the end of the prayer at the fourth raka'ah. So the first tashahud which occurs in those longer prayers is known as the first tashahud, the middle tashahud. And the second tashahud at the end of the prayer which is just before the salam, that is known as the end tashahud, at-tashahud al-akhir. So you have the first tashahud, and you have the end tashahud. The rulings for the two differ. As for the first tashahud, at-tashahud al-awwal, hukmuhu annahu wajib min wajibati salah, its ruling is that it is an obligation from the obligations of the prayer. It is a wajib act from the wajibat of the prayer. Waqil, and it has been said by some of the scholars, innahu sunnah, that it's only a sunnah. Amma at-tashahhudu al-akhir, fahukmuhu annahu ruknun min arkani salah inda ba'd al-ulama. As for the last tashahhud, then some of the scholars take the opinion that it is a pillar of the prayer. Some of the scholars take the opinion that it is a pillar of the prayer. فَحُكْمُهُ أَنَّهُ رُكْنٌ مِنْ أَرْكَانِ الصَّلَاةِ 
عند بعض العلماء وبعضهم يرى أنه واجب وليس بركن and some of the other scholars they say it is actually an obligation it's wajib not a pillar of the prayer وعلى كل حال فالتشهد الأول فالتشهد الأول والأخير مشروعان في الصلاة nevertheless both of the tashahuds the first one and the last one they are both legislated within the prayer وأما هذه الأحاديث ففيها بيان ما يقال في التشهد الأول وما يقال في التشهد الأخير As for these narrations now they will highlight to us what is to be said in the first tashahud and what is to be said in the last tashahud So the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud that we just read that is the most famous hadith regarding the tashahud The hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu that we just read, that is the most famous hadith when it comes to the issue of what is read in the tashahud. وَهُوَ أَصَحُّهَا وَأَرْجَحُهَا And it is the most authentic hadith narrated regarding the tashahud. And the most correct. وَقَدْ ذَكَرَ فِيهِ أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بيّن ما الذي يقولون في التشهد And he mentioned Abdullah ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه mentioned in this hadith what the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم taught them to read in the تشهد فقال قولوا So he said to them read التحية لله والصلوات والطيبات والسلام عليك أيها النبي ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام علينا وعلى عباد الله الصالحين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله That is what is mentioned in this particular narration for the wording of the hadith regarding what to recite in التشهد In reality there are many other narrations too with slightly different versions Slightly different versions of what is supposed to be read in the tashahud. وَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي التَّشَهُّدِ أَلْفَاظٌ عَدِيدَةٌ There are various versions of what you are supposed to recite in the different narrations regarding the tashahud. And some of the other hadith are going to come soon, following up next. Uh, there's the hadith of Ibn Abbas which will come up soon. And other narrations similar to that. However, the most comprehensive narration and the most authentic narration regarding the tashahud is this particular hadith, the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu. وَلَمْ يَخْتَلِفْ أَصْحَابُ ibn Mas'ud فِي رِوَايَتِهِ عَنْهُ بِهَذِهِ الْأَلْفَاظِ And the companions of Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu, those who narrated this hadith from Ibn Mas'ud, None of them differed over this wording. They narrated it exactly in that way from Ibn Mas'ud, with exactly those wordings.
So this narration of Ibn Mas'ud, it is the most authentic narration, and all of the companions of Ibn Mas'ud narrated this narration upon the exact same wording. أَمَّا بَقِيَّةُ التَّشَهُّدَاتِ فَقَدْ وَقَعَ فِيهَا اخْتِلَافٌ فِي أَلْفَاظِهَا عِنْدَ أَصْحَابِهَا As for the remainder of the wordings of the tashahud in the other narrations, then there are differences in their wordings. They were narrated in different versions, whereas this one from Ibn Mas'ud was narrated upon that exact same version, upon that wording from all of those who narrated it from him. وَأَيْضًا فَإِنَّ حَدِيثَ ابْنِ مَسْعُودٍ يَتَرَجَّحُ فِي أَنَّ الرَّسُولَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَّمَهُ إِيَّاهُ وَأَمَرَهُ أَنْ يُعَلِّمَهُ النَّاسُ Also another reason why we, why we would give priority to the hadith of Ibn Mas'ud is because the Prophet ﷺ taught him directly. He mentions that the Prophet ﷺ taught me this tashahud. And in that other version of the narration, with the addition that the Prophet ﷺ commanded him to go and teach the people that tashahud that he taught him. فَيَنْبَغِي لِلْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَ بِتَشَهُّدِ ibn Mas'ud. So it is suitable and appropriate, and what is required of a Muslim is that he recites the tashahud of Ibn Mas'ud. وَإِنْ أَتَى فِي بَعْضِ الْأَحْيَانِ بِالتَّشَهُّدَاتِ الْأُخْرَى فَلَا And if sometimes he reads some of the other versions of the tashahud from the other narrations that are authentic, then it is not a problem. If sometimes you read some of those other ones now and again, مِنْ أَجْلِ الْعَمَلْ بِالْرِوَايَاتِ الْأُخْرَى الْوَارِدَةِ So that he is also acting upon those other narrations that are mentioned. وَإِنْ كَانَ الْأَحْسَنِ الْمُحَافَظَةِ عَلَى تَشَهُّدِ ابْنِ مِسْعُودِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ But what is best, no doubt, is giving the priority to the tashahud of Ibn Mas'ud رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ Memorizing that version that we recited now, and to learn that, and to read that, because that is the most authentic. And if a person read some of the other versions with the different wordings now and again, so that he is also acting upon those narrations, no problem. But the main one that a person recites in his prayers is that of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu in his narration. As for the explanation of what that actually means, when you recite, At-Tahiyyatu Lillah, that opening phrase, At-Tahiyyatu Lillah, the meaning of that is, Hiya At-Ta'zim wal-Baqa wal-Dawam, wa kullu ma yu'azzamu bihi al-Rabbu subhanahu wa ta'ala kal-inhina'i wal-Ruku'i wal-Sujood, fa kullu hadha yadkhulu fi lafz at-Tahiyyat, اي جميع التعظيمات لله جل وعلا ملكا واستحقاقا فلا احد يستحق التعظيم والخضوع والذل والذل له الا الله جل وعلا فهو الذي يعظم بجميع انواع التعظيم سبحانه وتعالى when you recite this opening section and it says التحيات لله which they put into English as what? At-Tahiyyatu Lillah. All services required by words, by prayers, after worship, and all good things are due to Allah. All services reported by words, by praise, 
And all good things are due to Allah. At-tahiyyatu lillah. It is a phrase which indicates and it encompasses that all types of greatness, all types of praise, they are all deserving of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or deserving to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At-tahiyyatu lillah. جَمْعُ تَحِيَّةٌ وَهِيَ تَعْظِيمٌ وَالْبَقَاءُ وَالدَّوَامُ وَكُلُّ مَا يُعَظَّمُ بِهِ الرَّبُّ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى كَالْإِنْهِنَاءِ وَالرُّكُوعُ وَالسُّجُودُ So every type of action or statement that is indicative of the greatness of Allah, indicative of the greatness of Allah and the praise of Allah, then that is encompassed with this statement of yours, أَتَّحِيَّةُ لِلَّهِ that all of those forms of greatness and praise, whether it is in your actions of rukur and sujood, or statements that you make, then all of that action or statement, which is indicative of the greatness and praise of Allah, then that is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is deserving of that. Allah is the one who is in control of that. And nobody else deserves that type of uh, greatness or veneration. Nobody else deserves that type of veneration other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So every type of submission, every type of humility is in front of Allah. That is at-tahiyyatu lillah. Was-salawatu al-muradu biha salatul faraid wal-nawafil fala yusalla illa lillah subhanahu wa ta'ala قال تعالى قل إن صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين والصلوات and the prayers التحيات لله والصلوات الصلوات is the prayers whether it is the obligatory prayers or the supererogatory prayers the obligatory prayers or the supererogatory prayers all of those are for Allah alone all of those are prayed sincerely for Allah alone. Just as Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي Say that indeed my prayer, وَنُسُكِي And my obedience and my worship, and my sacrifice as in the context of certain aspects, وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي My living and my dying, لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ All of that is for Allah, the Lord of all of creation, the Lord of everything. So that as-salawat is you saying that all of your prayers, obligatory, supererogatory, they are all for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ يَشْمَلُ كُلَّ طَيِّبٍ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَالْعَمَلِ That incorporates every good thing from statements and actions. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّ وَعَلَى طَيِّبٌ وَلَا يَقْبَلُ إِلَّا طَيِّبًا because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tayyib. And He does not accept, except what is tayyib. Except what is good and pure and righteous. So all of those types of goodness and righteousness and purity, they are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from statements and from actions. وَلَا يَكُونُ الْقَوْلُ وَالْعَمَلُ طَيِّبَيْنِ إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ خَالِصَيْنِ لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ and your statements and your actions cannot be tayyib unless they are done sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
and that they are in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet so this is the tayyib that is spoken about when you say what tayyibatu. The tayyib is all of this goodness and righteousness that is done sincerely to Allah upon the sunnah of the Prophet All of that is the tayyib that Allah accepts from the statements and the actions. So all of that is sincerely for the sake of Allah too. All of your worship, your supplication, your recitation, your actions of sincerity in accordance to the sunnah, then they are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What tayyibat. Then after that, it goes on, Assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabi. And from that section, we'll continue next time with the explanation of the rest of the tashahud from the statement, Assalamu alayka ayyuhan nabi. From that point onwards, we'll explain the remainder of what the tashahud it means. And then we'll move on from that section going on to the following ahadith, which mention uh, more about the tashahud. And then they continue to mention other aspects of the prayer thereafter. So we'll carry on from that in two weeks' time.